keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bun in country Coming up today, we'll check in with Brad Hawthorne of Hawthorne's Guide Service. He's been fishing all over Mille Lacs this summer. And we've got our Lake of the Week with Mark Bacigalupi from the Brainerd Area Fisheries Office. It's all coming up. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, today on Paul Bunyan Country, we're checking in with Brad Hawthorne. He's been fishing Mille Lacs. That's pretty much your headquarters, right? Correct. Yep, Mille Lacs. We do Mille Lacs from fishing opener or the Mille Lacs area from panfish before fishing opener. And then we don't, we don't pull off Mille Lacs until about fall time. We start doing more bluegill and crappie. All right. Well, first of all, Brad, thanks for joining us today. We do appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Anytime. There's a lot of area to fish in Mille Lacs, so you probably don't uh, ever get sick of it. I, I don't. You know, that's, that's, I love Mille Lacs because every day it's different. You know, I mean, right now we've got a lot of smoke coming down from either <laughs> it's Canada or Oregon or wherever it's from and uh, makes things a little, little bit different out there when you can't see really far. But uh, right now it's uh, smallmouth or in that 10 to... 18 feet range, walleye right now, the spinner bite is hot, and the, the bobber bite is hot, and the lead core bite is hot, which is a lot of guys get kind of, you know, in the dog days of summer, they don't realize that, you know, even in your in your broadcast area, Mille Lacs is half hour to an hour away from just about everyone. So if guys are looking to cash in on multiple different bites, head on down to Mille Lacs and Bring your crankbaits or buy some leeches and get your bobber rigs or spinner rigs and come on down here and catch some fish. I think, uh, Brad, a lot of people are under the uh, misunderstanding that because of the strict rules regarding walleye that there aren't a lot of walleye there. That is not the case. There's a lot of walleye on the wax. This, uh, it, oh, man. So the, we have been doing just today, four-hour trip, a.m. start. We go out there, and we put up on lead core using Northland Rumblebees, great crankbait, by the way, if you're coming to Mille Lacs. We put up 21 fish, which I think is a great number for this time of year. And our other guide boat out, uh, he's Treshawn. Treshawn was on bass, and he put up 12 smallmouth, including one four-and-a-half-pound bass. So, I mean, all in all, that's a good day of fishing for both boats and, diff- you know, multiple different species. Right, that's the beauty of it. Uh, you can, you know, if the walleyes are hot for a while and cool down and uh, slide over a different spot and go for some bass and northerns and muskies if you're really brave. Exactly, <laughs> and there's, you know, some what people don't realize too is there's these launch boats out here. If you're like, man, well, I, I just really can't afford a guide for that for a day, and I'm lo- they're looking for a more cost effective option. You got places like Garrison Sports that does a uh, pike trips on their launch boat for $45 a person. So you go out there, and I was just talking to him the other day. They had a trip where they caught something like 26 northern pike on this launch trip. It was just spectacular to go out. And those, they encourage you to keep those on Mille Lacs, too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the thing about Mille Lacs. It is, you know, there's a couple of lakes, but it's one of a few lakes in the state of Minnesota that, that really has a chance to get a, a big trophy northern. It, it does. My my personal best northern pike out of here, and granted, I did catch it by accident. I wasn't targeting them. 
was 46 and a half inches. That is a I don't care if you're from Canada, Alaska, I don't care where you're from. That is a gigantic pike in oh. any state. Yeah. That's bigger than a lot of uh, muskies that are caught. Right, exactly. That's and those are common. 40 inch plus fish on Mille Lacs are fairly common. Um a good place to target those too, you know, out in front of fishers, Garrison Bay up here is a great if you're looking to just you know, throw some spoons out the back or some big cranks and, you know, like a rumble beast or something like that and just t- tow it at two and a half to three and a half, four miles an hour, you're going to catch fish on that. You know, stay in that 12 to 16, 17 feet of water outside the weed lines or even tight to the weed lines, and you're going to catch you're gonna catch fish. Do you have a specific specialty or are you a renaissance guy? Nope, I'm not a red. I do only walleye and smallmouth. So, okay. you know, unfortunately, if your listeners are looking for pike, I would say, hey, call one of the launches that do pike, or there are a few guides on Mille Lacs that just do pike and muskie. I, I kind of had this thing where if you're going to guide for something, I think you should pick one or two species because it's, it's, it's really hard to be a really good muskie guy and a really good walleye guy and a really good pike guy and a really good smallmouth guy. I think you got to pick two, stick with it, and become really good with them. How did you get into those particular species? Just the love for them. You know, the walleye has always been close to my heart, and then moving up to Mille Lacs 18 years ago, um, smallmouth was a big secret. You know, on, on dog days of summer, I'd say, hey, guys, you guys want to duck in shallow and go catch some smallmouth? And they'd kind of balk at you and go, Oh, we can catch bass anywhere. I'm not not like this. You can't. And they, you know, curiosity would get the cat. And next thing you know, three thirty is rolling around, and I'm like, you guys have caught with, you know, say fifteen, ten to fifteen bass. Your best five, you're pushing twenty to twenty four pounds in your best five bass. There are absolute gigantic bass in this lake. Yeah, it's it's not a secret anymore, is it? No, it's not. Bassmaster came up here, and they kind of let the cat out of the bag. You know, with the smallmouth alliance and everything, we've we've got it down to where you can't keep any fish over seventeen inches. You know, we have a we have a catch and release policy on, you know, for smallmouth bass only. And, you know, we're not gonna take these fish out of the lake because we truly believe that there's you know, a sport fish for to be you know, enjoyed by everyone. Yeah. But uh there's these big fish are still in here. I think we're at we're at twenty six or twenty seven fish for the season so far, just in my boat that are over six pounds wow that's impressive it is and you're talking 21 and a half 22 and a half inch smallmouth bass that you know the only i don't know of any place else where they get that big not many places not in this state no so how did you find your way to uh to malax where you're from originally i'm uh, i'm from chisago and Chisago. I grew up on Green Lake there, and my great grandma Lucy had a place on the west side of Malax up here. So in the summers, you know, parents didn't have a lot of money. That's where I. That's where I went. I got sent to great grandma Lucy's and started working at some of the resorts on the west side, and then started to jump aboard as a bait boy on some of the launches, and then built a clientele up here. By the time I was twenty one, twenty two, I had a pretty solid clientele, and at the age of I think it was twenty three or twenty four. I said, I'm doing it, and I went and started guiding full-time, and I struggled. I'm not going to tell you, Kev, that I didn't eat ramen noodles for a few years. <laughs> you know, there's, There was a, a time period of my life where I was eating ramen noodles for breakfast and you know, cracking an egg in there, and, and that was it. And 
the end of it is that it's it's a wonderful job to have. It, it's I'm very thankful for everything and to be able to guide on a lake this long and just to see customers coming in, leaving happy, return customers. Some of these customers I've had 15 years plus. It, it's just an amazing fishery. It's an amazing community to live in, and, and it's just awesome to go out here. And usually, I'm not going to say you're not going to have a bad day here and there on Mille Lacs, but usually, even on a bad day, a bad day on Mille Lacs, is 10, 15 fish. And on some lakes, you'd be lucky to get five or six right now. You went out and had some success this morning. What what in particular was working today? Today, it was a lead core bite today. Those fish were really, really high in the water column. We were in 30 to 34 feet of water, and those fish were hanging around that 18 to 24-foot mark. And lead core and long lines were working. Um, the lure I mentioned earlier, that rumblebee you put, 180, 190 feet out, that lure is going to run right around that 18 to 20 feet. And the, the key now is just getting it away from the boat, you know, and that's why I get those out on some planer boards or just long line behind the boat and you'll catch fish. But that paying attention to your electronics and knowing what lures to deploy, depending on where the fish are in the water column. And right now, you're better off putting those lures as far away from the boat as possible. It's clear water. You're going to spook a few when you come by, but, you know, that's, Today, lead core shined. Uh, last week, we were pulling spinners on the edges of the flats. And you just, every day, you got to be, you know, at least we keep, I keep spinners, bobber rigs, and lead core and long line all in the boat. So when I get out there every morning, use my electronics. And if, on the on the side imaging, if they're coming up and I see them suspended on the water column, I know that those are going to be lead core fish. If I'm driving close to structure and I see them hanging off the edges, that tells me that those are spinner fish and if they're sitting right on top and they're not moving a lot then we then we start power corking and throwing those bobbers on top of those fish what about the bass bite how should we catch bass right now a tried and true technique on Mille Lacs. if you're if you're new to fishing bass smallmouth on Mille Lacs, go out there and stop by your local bait shop grab some ned rig stuff or some jig worm stuff and make sure you're keeping that lure on the bottom if you're looking for a starting starting point on color you don't have to get fancy Black, black 16th, 8th ounce head, and a four, three and a half to a four and a half inch Cinco in black as well. You'll get a color base from there and be able to work on. But that's, if the novice angler wants to come out here, throw some nets around, you're going to catch some fish. We are right now, we're throwing a combination of deep diving cranks and drop shotting around. Not the big boulders, but we're drop shotting kind of flats of rock flats if that makes any sense smallmouth feeding flats is kind of where we're fishing in the morning the fish are by the big boulders so and i usually have if i have one or two anglers in my boat and i'm there fishing i'll usually work a, a drop shot around those big boulders and have my customers casting a net and a drop shot along with you and then you'll find out what they want that day do they want that drop shot with kind of a half shell or a, a wacky rigged cinco on there or do they want the Ned rig kind of pecking at the bottom? But those two techniques have been really, really good this year. Later on, we'll hear more from Brad Hawthorne of Hawthorne's Guide Service. But up next, it's our Lake of the Week. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. 
with over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It is Lake of the Weekday once again, and uh, this time we're headed back down to the Brainerd Lakes area, checking in with Mark Pachigalupi. He's the Brainerd Area Fisheries Supervisor, and we're going to talk about Edward Lake. Big lake, uh, Mark, uh, 2,500 plus acres, so it's no it's no little hole in the ground. Um, tell us a little bit about Edward, and uh, first of all, whereabouts would we find Edward Lake in your area? Yeah, Lake Edward is a is a nice big basin. It it can get windy at times. You want to check the weather before you go. You're coming north out of Brainerd, um, Highway Three, up through Merrifield, and uh, you have the public access on the on the southwest side of the of the lake. So you have to take the fork. Uh, there's kind of a Y there, and you're actually on the Highway Four side there, the west side of Lake Edward. Okay. Lake Edward is a lake that has a nice, uh, solid walleye population based on the survey I'm seeing from 2014. And uh, the thing I, that I noted was it looked like a real good average size pop, uh, average size of fish as well. Yeah, at the time of the survey, there was a lot of 16 to 18 inchers there, and, and now there's probably into the 19, 20-inch size, a, a good chunk of those fish. So really nice, nicely sized fish. Bring your ruler. You might you might be in that one over twenty mm-hmm. uh, territory where you have to be watching that. Hopefully, and uh, yeah, Lake Edwards a uh, kind of a sleeper in the area. Um, it can be a mystery to some, and the people that know how to fish that can do that really well. I I know that some of the league fishermen, or uh, you know, it's a league stop for people, and I've seen some nice results there. Well, and it, it not only has a good, solid walleye population, it's, it's got all the stuff you want, bluegills. It's got, uh, it's got uh, largemouth bass. It's got northern pike. And uh, it looks like really good, healthy populations of all of those fish. Yeah, you know, some of the big waters in uh, Brainerd's area is blessed with some really big waters, you know, over 5,000 acres. And so, you know, a 2,500-acre lake in most parts of the state would be the go-to place, um, and, and Lake, Edward, Lake Edward has some really nice fishing, but it it almost gets uh, overshadowed by some of the other basins, and, and you shouldn't forget about Edward. Yeah, it, it, it does get over, probably does get overshadowed, and uh, there's probably a lot of people who fish Edward that are mad that I'm doing this as my Lake of the Week, but oh well, uh, <laughs> we're going to tell some people about it. Um, anything on that lake that uh, is concerning right now, or is, uh, is it just in really good shape? You know, we're plugging along. Um, Edward had a period where it had really higher walleye numbers, and then it had dipped down, and, you know, there's always some current concerns about that. Uh, but we have stocked 2 million walleye fry annually in Edward, so we're always plugging walleyes into that system, and and you're getting pretty good um, consistent recruitment there, so you're always getting some walleyes in the system. Our last survey showed there were like seven-year classes of walleyes showing up in the system, um, 
and uh, so we're mo- moving along well there. There is uh, zebra mussels in the lake, and so like uh, many of the lakes in the Brainerd area, we're watching for effects of zebra mussels and what those can do in the food chain and uh, the problems th- those can cause for the fishery, not just for people um, worried about um, dock structures or, or stepping on them. So. Yeah, and is it is it one of those clearwater lakes that you have up there? Or? Yeah, you know, I would say that it's um, not as clear as some of the other basins around, like Pelican and and some of the lower whitefish chain type waters. It has a, a really good vegetation fringe around most of the lake, and so there's there's some element of of that where there's a little bit more of a staining, and then you do have you know if you get a good north wind, you get some some wind-driven, you know, suspension of sediments and stuff like that. So not as clear as some of the lakes around. And that's and those are the kind of lakes you really get curious about when it comes to what's the long-term issue going to be with something like zebra mussels where they can really clear up water and really change the pattern of fishing on a lake. Yeah, it, it, it can be a puzzle. You're, you're spending time out there figuring out uh, where those fish have moved and compared to where they've been in the past that can always be a complaint you know what i hear a little bit about is some um, some more trolling that goes on after dark at times oh really okay one of the things that is a little bit different than the Brainerd lakes area than our area certainly we have lakes up here with a ton of pressure leech winnie you know red um, bemidji and cass even there's a, there's a lot of lakes that get pressure but we've got a ton of lakes that are out of the way, kind of hidden away, don't get a lot of pressure. Uh, you, you're just that much closer to the metro. I know there's just a ton of people there all the time. I, I'm guessing Edward is not a, a secret to a lot of people, and there probably aren't that many real out-of-the-way lakes in your area. Yeah, there's no secrets anymore, of course. Uh, but I would say, you know, Edward has is... Uh, uh, you could go to Edward on a on a given if you could sneak out on a Thursday. You know you aren't going to be uh, overwhelmed with the with people on your spots and stuff like that. Uh, it does have three resorts: um, uh, Cozy Bay, Shingwaco, and Lake Edward Resort. And those have you know a lot of times it's the same people that visit there every year, and and some of them fish and some of them don't. So. Um, it's just the one public access, and uh, yeah, Lake Edward's a, a nice place to go visit, and and not necessarily be overwhelmed with um, with visitors. And where are we going to find that public access? Yeah, it's on the west side. It's really not far off of County Road Four. There's a right turn. Uh, County Road Thirteen is is the turn, and uh, it it takes you to kind of the southwest side of the lake. And just follow the signs. I'm guessing. That's right, the little brown sign. you got to keep your eye out for it. <laughs> Mark Machigalupi is the Brainerd Area Fishery Supervisor. Our Lake of the Week is Lake Edward. And, Mark, as always, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Brad Hawthorne of Brad Hawthorne's Guide Service, my guest. And, Brad, you alluded to it at the beginning. Talk a little bit about the panfish on that lake. Panfish bite. For me, I don't personally guide for panfish on Mille It's a before opener and really a late fall. And they come into the bays, and when they're in there, you can catch them. But it is, it's kind of a needle in the haystack thing. But the cool part is, when you do get on them, they're absolutely gigantic. And when I mean gigantic, there are 
16, 17, and 18-inch crappie in Mille Lacs, which I don't think in my lifetime I've ever ever caught a crappie out of Mille Lacs that was smaller than 12. They're huge, but they're few and far between. I mean, you look at this body of water, the two species I would hate to be in this lake would be a bluegill or a crappie with all the walleye, all the smallmouth, and all the pike and muskie swimming around in here. Oh, man, it's got to be a frightening place to be for a panfish. <laughs> but at the same time, since they're hard to find, obviously they grow. They they do, and we have so much cover in those bays that they can just get huge. And then you go into the forage base for these panfish. We have multiple different bug hatches a year, which they just gorge on. The bays get warmer and stay longer all year, so for them, their growing season is so much longer. I mean, there was a guy... I was at two or three years ago. I met him at the gas station. He's like, yeah, I got a 19-inch crappie. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> he had it in his car. He showed it to me, and I was like, holy cow. And he's like, yeah, we got it right in Isle Bay. Yeah, huge fish. But for panfish, like, we only guide for them. We don't really, if a guy really wants to do it, I'll do it. But it's going to be an early spring or a late fall trip, and there's no guarantees on it. But if you do get into them, they are magnificent. Let's go back to the bass for a second. Um it's certainly gotten more popular in the last several years, for sure. Uh, but for those who have been hesitant to dive into it, uh, why do people need to be fishing bass? Well, bass, I mean, smallmouth, they just have heart. They <laughs> they never stop fighting. You can catch them many different ways. And I'll tell you why, why you bass fish, why you smallmouth fish. You ever have a 6, 8, 9, 10-year-old kid in your boat, and he hooks on, to a two, three, four, five, or six pound smallmouth, and that'll tell you absolutely everything you need to know. Because a kid that age doesn't have that much strength. They may think they're strong, <laughs> but you hook onto one of those fish, and he's looking at yet when that fish is getting close to the boat, and he doesn't know if he can do it anymore. <laughs> That's and they and they can't get enough of it from that point on. Um, especially if these anglers are catching release anglers, putting those fish back for the next guy. I mean, that that's why you bass fish. It's just people that have never caught them before and they catch them and they it, it they they instantly form a love for that fish that doesn't go away and that's the story i've heard over and over and over again it and it is it's a lot of fun um you know it's it's what you when you envision fishing and you envision that fight you know those beautiful pictures of fish coming out of the water that's bass fishing it it is bass fishing you you get you know certain times of year we get on a top water bite down here and some people have had success, some haven't, but you show, again, kids that, or even adults, you, you want to turn a 40-year-old man into a 12-year-old kid real quick, <laughs> stick them on a topwater bite on Mille Lacs. <laughs> so if people want to go fishing with you and uh, learn all about Mille Lacs Lake, how do they go about doing that? They can call me anytime at 651-271-8600 or reach me at my, at my website at com. And again, you've been doing this for a long time, so you you know that lake pretty well. Yep, but just like the back of my hand. So it doesn't matter if we got wind from the northeast, south, or west. I've got great spots and areas. You know, we're out every day. We know where the fish are holding, and we know how to get people on them. I think a lot of people, unless they've driven by there, and sometimes when I'm looking for a little scenic way home from the Twin Cities, I go up 169 just to drive along the shore uh, of Mille Lacs. That lake is big. It's <laughs> 
Yeah, it's no peanut for sure. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty big lake. I mean, we live close to Red Lake and Leech Lake, and those are big, big lakes too. But I just wasn't aware of how big Malax was till I actually drove by it the first time, and I just kept driving and driving, and <laughs> the lake was still there. there. There's a lot of my customers that they call and they're like, "Hey, take me out for a couple hours." Show me what's going on. I'm not a novice fisherman. I just need a starting base. And I'm like, yep, let's do a four-hour trip. Let's get you dialed in. And you never see them again, but you may be friends with them on social media or something, and you start seeing them catching fish. And, and it's just it's a wonderful lake. It's Honestly, it's, it's kind of like the Twin Cities playground. You know, it's an hour, hour and a half away from the Twin Cities, and it's up here for everyone to enjoy. And, and now guys are figuring out that, even though that they have walleye only catch and release, there's a reason for that. It's not because there's not any fish in here. It's because we catch so many fish and we're trying to preserve the fishery so everyone can come up here and catch 20, 30, 40 fish a day. I mean, when you're sitting here in late July and you're telling me you had 21 fish in the morning for walleyes, yeah. that's yeah. pretty amazing. It's it's an honest number, and that's where, you know, that's why Malax is popular, and that's why they have to regulate it the way they do is, you know, so many people catch fish out here, and... You know, this fall, it looks like we're going to be able to keep one fish again. And, you know, that for the angler that wants to take home a couple of fillets, you know, that's that's a great deal for him. But going forward here, people forget real fast when they catch that many fish in a day that they can't keep any. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about the action, baby. It is. <laughs> How has the drought and the heat affected fishing there this year? Definitely slowed it down. You know, definitely slowed it down. We re- We went from, I mean... Pretty much one after another, May and June to now, you know, things have shifted deeper just based on the techniques I was telling you about. And the bite slowed down. You know, the, the worst, what we found the last two weeks is the worst time frame to fish Malax is from about noon to 3 o'clock. You know, you're really trying to chick and scratch them out during that time period of the day. But the mornings are really good. Going into the evenings are pretty good. Um, but it's the typical it's just like that every year the water warms right now water's hovering 72 to 75 degrees right now and and everything's available to them we've had we've had bug hatches that are kind of coming to the tail end and everything that laid an egg in this lake right around opener is now about a half to an inch and an inch and a quarter inch long so there's plenty of forage out there for all the different species so that's why fishing i mean if you call 20 fish in a half day a, a slow day you know i mean I still think that's pretty good, but that's why it slowed down from the 50 to 100 fish days that we were having. I'm assuming your water levels are lower, so fish are not where they would typically be this time of year because the water level is not the same as it typically is this time of year. It is, and that's that's for the hummingbird users. If, if you come to Mille Lacs, I would adjust on your Lake Master and on your, on your Helix, Solix, whatever you're running, adjust your water level down to be safe two feet. And that's going to turn stuff that people would normally drive over. It's going to turn that if you have your shallow water highlight on, that's going to turn that red on your map so you know what to stay away from to keep that propeller where it should be on your boat. So there's a tip. We do have a little bit of low water just like everywhere. But if you have the capabilities to do your, your water offset on your graph, do that and drop it. Make make the whole lake two feet shallower and you'll be just fine. Hey Brad, it was great talking to you today. Keep fishing. And if people do some fishing again, uh, that website and phone number is? The phone number is 651-271-8600, and my website is com. And, hey, Kev, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it.
Time now for a podcast exclusive. Mandy Urick joining us. She has also been on Malax lately, getting ready for a big bass tournament. Well, we're checking in with Mandy Urick as she tries to get uh, things off her desk so she can get on the water. Probably a lot of anglers like to do this time of year is just clear the desk and get on the water. Oh, I hear you there. <laughs> I'd love to be able to do it. This is unfortunately my busiest time of year. I've got a ton of projects, hundreds to get out the door for the fall and winter work. And Yeah, I was supposed to be off today and on the water pre-fishing for a derby on Saturday. And the phone rang this morning and unfortunately I picked up. <laughs> Lesson learned. So where's the derby this weekend? Black. Oh, there's a few bass on that lake. Correct. This is actually a multi-species. I'm excited. Uh, It's walleye, bass, and pike. So it's uh, catch and release with an app. So it should be a lot of fun. Well, uh, there's plenty of all of those fish uh, on Malax. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I got out a a little bit last week uh, and spent a whole entire day walleye fishing. So I haven't done that in quite a while. So it uh, it was a lot of fun. Um. I'm, uh, the, the thing that surprises me is this: the number of still solid walleye reports I'm getting really throughout the entire area. Yes, I know. We keep talking about it. Like we are in the the dog days, way ahead of schedule uh, with the way our water temps have, have come up so quickly, and yet that walleye bite it just continues to be consistent, which is awesome. And a surprisingly large amount of it still in the weeds. Not everything's gone deep. Correct. Yeah, that uh, big, big bite, uh, definitely right on the outside of the weed line edges, anywhere from, you know, 10 to, to 18 feet are, are still going strong. And when you're doing that, of course, you'll, you'll catch plenty of other things, too. Yes, yes, you will. <laughs> There's plenty of bass and pike there that are just ready to chomp. It's really, I mean, if you want to take a kid out fishing and give them a lot of action and keep them uh, busy, uh, just Trolling along the weed lines is the way to go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just super simple, you know, lures and techniques that anybody can do if it's from, you know, lindy rigging with a, a leech, a, a minnow, um, even a, a night crawler right now. We've been doing really good on pulling inline spinners with night crawlers. Seems to be a really hot ticket right now for walleye. So, yeah, cover water, have fun, catch a lot of fish. <laughs> Absolutely, um, on on Malax in particular, what kind of what kind of size walleyes do they have? Do they have big walleyes on that lake? Oh yeah, there's lots of big walleyes really? on that lake. Okay. <laughs> in this tournament, you could pull in a big one. Yeah, well, it's, it's crazy. So this spring, uh, there was a ton of walleye tournaments that we had out there, and a lot of those were like aim tournaments. So um, there was giant, giant bigs like. 36 to 40 pound walleye bigs. I mean, it's just mind blowing. But yes, there's there's a ton of big fish in there. Um, there's a really good age class of I would say that 22 to 25 right now that are are definitely looking healthy in there. But that's the most exciting thing. You, you go there and you catch numbers, but the possibility of, of, of getting a big one is, is always there. And of course, when it comes to northerns, they've got a lot of big ones. They got northerns, and they got some big muskies out there. So. Yeah, and we all know they got a little bit of bass action. Yes, uh, it, like I said though earlier, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I think we were talking about pressure and how it, that changed that lake. And there is definitely a ton of smallmouth pressure out there. Uh, obviously, with that walleye season being closed down for a few weeks in July, 
the guides and the launches switch gears, and, and they're targeting too. You know, they're, they're targeting those big smallies out on the reefs and some of, you know, the deeper areas that they can access with, with the launches. But even those super secret spots uh, that we thought were secret <laughs> are, are getting hammered pretty hard. I It used to be one of those things where, you know, you could go out and catch 40, 50, 60 smallies in a day. And now even Dragon Live Bait, if you go catch, you know, 10 or 15 right now, I'd, I'd say you're having a really good day. Other than Malax, what have you been hearing and what have you been experiencing? Well, I've been on quite a few bodies of water. Uh, I was just on the Mississippi uh, recently, and the bite is is crazy. Uh, hands down, one of the best bites that I've had in, in years out there. Uh, we had a we had a derby out there, and in three and a half hours, put thirty six pounds of uh, of fish in the boat. So uh, it was a pretty amazing night. Lots of big pike, uh, twenty pounds in big pike, and sixteen and a half pounds in in bass in three and a half hours. I mean, the, the bite is going, the rice looks amazing. The water level is low, but surprisingly it, it doesn't seem as low as what our lakes do. Um, mm-hmm. There's barely any current though. The water clarity is, I would say fairly good. It's normally completely chocolate milk, but uh, I, I'm surprised that the bite is as good as it is considering the water temps, you know, there again, the water temps are exceptionally high even for the river. Um, so normally that, that kind of decreases the bite there, but that definitely was not the case. Main channel flipping, uh, jigs and, and craw tubes was going really good. And even in some of those backwater bays, um, that have a little bit deeper water, big pike, big pike were, were chewing and chewing hard on big spinner baits. The Mississippi River is obviously something that uh, it, we don't up here in the Bemidji area fish much. It's a little small up here. Right as it gets down your way, it's starting to turn into that real river, and that's a good opportunity. But how many people actually take advantage of that in your area? I feel like in the Brainerd Lakes area, quite a few. There's good. quite a few river rats out there. Um, from Lum Park all the way north, you can run probably 15-plus miles with plenty of backwater areas that, that aren't dangerous. You know, there's no major rocks. There's a few deadheads. Those deadheads are, are quite visible, so it's a it's an easy jaunt that's that's fairly safe, and you can catch catfish, walleye, muskie, pike, largemouth, smallmouth. You know, it, it's got quite a, a, a plethora of species. Heck, even on Tuesday night, uh, I had a kid in the boat with me who was on quite a rampage for a while, which was awesome to, to see him catch a lot of fish, but... You know, catching like a 13-inch crappie on a craw tube. That's a good crappie. Holy cow. That's a heck of a crappie. Yeah, <laughs> we were going down the bank, and I looked down at the electronics, and I was like, man, there's a school of something right under the boat. It, he just was kind of joking and flipped out the back of the boat and set the hook, and yeah, he pulls it up, and he's like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up catfish. What a fun fish to catch and, and be able to do that right in, in your backyard. We have to go over to Red River to do that over here. Now you're talking my old stomping ground. Yes. I realize I cut my teeth in Ground Forks on the Red River there. I spent plenty of days. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of one of those catch-alls for us. Like, normally if the bike gets really bad around here and you're guiding, like, you can take your clients to over to the river and take them catfishing, and they are always biting. So it's a lot of fun. Do uh, walleyes and other uh, fish, do they behave differently in the river than they do in the lakes? I believe they do. Fish in general, you know, um, especially with, with smallies and largies, and for us particular with, uh, you know, what the water clarity is, uh, I find that in those darker bodies of water like the Mississippi is, is here, the water clarity isn't real well. 
So those fish will actually stick fairly tight to cover, right? Because they can't, they're not able to see those predator fish. Those bass are really in, in the rice. You know, you you can't just always flip to the edge of it. Like you got to punch into that rice and, and they're in there, but that's not the only thing that's in there. Um, the walleye too, uh, they're, they're really structure based and anywhere you can find current breaks, you know, rocks, stumps, points, things like that, uh, you know, they're a, an ambush predator species, so they, they kind of hang out there. So, yeah, I always feel like they're not as susceptible, I guess, as to, to weather changes, too. I think river fish are a lot more hardy than, say, our lake fish are. Um, but, yeah, the, it, the, the current uh, is a big deal, you know, with the rise and fall of that based on, on rain and water clarity. If we get a bunch of rain and the, and the river mucks up, that's about the only thing that really shuts that bite down um, until that water clarity c- clears up a little bit, even when it normally stays as dark it is, as it is. But, yeah, it's so much fun. And, and so fortunately, I literally like live across the road from the river. So <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient. Hey, how hard is it to get your new baby into the water these days? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, accesses are getting tough. Uh, I, I literally live like a hop, skip, and a jump from the North Long Access. And you can get down in there, and there's a little hole uh, on the Marifeld side, and then there's some buoys that you kind of got to idle out to, but where it drops off. And right now, it's 1.4 feet deep. It's insane. Mm. So there's, like, there's no water there. Um, I also experienced a few weeks ago when I was over on Mille Lacs putting in at the Garrison Access, um, which is normally a shallow access to begin with and it's a lot of rock that's like a foot deep right now to the point where i'm, I'm actually people are calling and oh you know what access are good i'm like don't go to that access <laughs> like unless you've got a jack plate or uh you know a smaller or a lighter drafting boat like a bass boat like people are really going to have some some difficulties and they need to be aware of that you know we've talked about it all season long with the the drought and how low our water levels are and yeah now it's really starting to affect the that accesses even the ability to get on the lake well and that's the the thing you know we all we all like bigger and better and boats are getting bigger and bigger and that's making it harder and harder absolutely you know and and people don't think about this too like it's one thing great you got your boat off off the trailer and into the water but you got to think too about being able to put that boat back on the trailer uh, when the accesses are are super shallow like that, the ability you have to go farther back in, you may actually have to be off the pad, which there in itself creates an issue, right? When the mm. trailer tires go off the pad and it can, you know, bottom out basically onto the bottom of that cement, uh, you can get hung up there. But two, um, it's a big deal. Like you got to be careful. You, I mean, you shouldn't be power loading to begin with because it's super hard. It blows out holes at the access, but. Um, just getting the ability to be able to get that uh, boat back on the trailer safely is, is going to be an issue. This is tough. I've never quite experienced this kind of uh, continuous um, problems throughout the course of the year. And, and like you said, it's getting worse all the time. Once you're on the water and you're used to a lake being a certain amount of depth, it's not that deep anymore. And you might be hitting rocks that you would have never hit last year. Yes. Uh, and I've been doing this all season long. Um, like I said, I changed the actual coloration on my graph. So anything that was normally, say, four feet and shallower is now bright red. Um, and a lot of those lakes, like, like Gull or Malax or anything else that's got uh, rock or, or reefs or anything like that on, 
I've been taking the time to actually stop and float over the top to see what the actual depth is. Because before, you never thought about it. You're on plane, you got the motor up, you could skip right across the top. And that is not the case anymore. Um, I'm finding, I think, gulls almost three feet low, to be honest mm. with you. I had a, you know, a spot on the map where I did the same thing and I just drifted over the top and it said all day long that it was supposed to be four feet according to the map. Well, it was like less than a foot and a half on the top of that. So, yeah, it really does become a, a, a safety concern. So if you've got good electronics, uh, I would suggest other people do the same and just avoid those areas. Go around them. We've talked in the past with you and, and, and many others that, you know, when the wa- water is hot, when the weather is hot, and you're fighting a fish that really puts a extra strain on the fish, and I think most people are aware of that. But aside from being caught, does the low water and the heat affect the fish's health? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're, we're getting into that situation. We're already starting to experience it across the state. Algae blooms, right? Like, algae blooms are, are horrific. The big blue-green algae, they, they suck all the oxygen out of the water, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they cover the top and they block the sunlight. So then on top of it, you start getting plant growth dying, which also decomposes and sucks the oxygen out of the water. So you start seeing fish kills. So it's, it's a double-edged sword there that it, it's going to happen. We, we need rain. We need rain bad. And we need lots of rain. And if it rains for a week, we really shouldn't complain. No, I think everybody should be outside dancing in the rain and celebrating it. Yes, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure our neighbors to the north would, would also appreciate it. And I don't know about you guys, but I know we spent the last few days in a smoke haze down here that oh. I fought wildfires for a long time and did you know prescribed burning. And I felt like I was on a fire line. It was so smoky. It blocked out the sun. It was just this thick, you know, haze. It, it's been gross, you know. It is. I, I halfway thought I'd just leave the chicken out on my deck and, and let it smoke there, you know, not even turn the smoker on. <laughs> well, if you couldn't get the smoke taste into the, chi- the chicken, just walk around breathing left enough of it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. All right. If we're going to go out fishing here in the next few days, uh, knowing what we've already talked about uh, as far as toughness getting on water and fish health and those types of things, where should we be fishing and what should we be doing? That, that peak right now, um, I, I'm, I'm a deep water fisherman at this time of the year, you know, for bass. Pretty much anything right now has, has, has moved out. Those fish that were in that, like, six to nine feet of water in cover, um, that cover now is thick. It's, it's so thick that you can't even punch through it realistically. Um, so a lot of those fish have moved out to the outer weed line edges. Uh, which is great. It makes it easy. You can jump on a weed line edge and, and power down it. Uh, I'm, I'm flipping, you know, smaller jigs, craw tubes, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm even going down to some, some finesse baits. Definitely, unless it's early morning um, or later in the evening, I'm getting away from a lot of those upper water level uh, baits, like a chatter bait or a, a spinner bait, things like that. Don't cross off, so that early morning topwater bite is, is, is still hot uh, all the way across the board. But, yeah, um, I will say this, though, the, the slop, the slop is still going. And like we talked before, that's one of my favorite bites that there is to go out to throw a buzz bait, to throw a frog uh, in the pads, in, in the duckweed, things like that, and, you know, just have this giant bass explode out of the water and, and crush your bait and hopefully you set the hook and don't miss it. But um, that, that, those bites are going to right now, so don't disregard those just because they're in shallower water. Just remember, if you're going to target those, the 
shallow water pads that are directly adjacent to maybe some deeper water are probably the, the better option right now. She's Mandy Yurick. She knows everything about fishing. You can catch her Thursday nights on Lakeland PBS. And Mandy, thanks for the time today, and good luck at the tourney this weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. On our next show, we wrap up the week with Brian Bro Brosdahl. He and wife Heather were out fishing Pokegama, pre-fishing for a bass tournament. Yeah, we don't talk bass with Bro that often, but we will tomorrow and several other topics as well. He knows a lot about fishing, and he likes to share it. Bro Brosdahl. We'll wrap up the week on our next Fish in Paul Bunyan Country. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for joining us.